Hey Church family, this is Pastor Ryan, and you're listening to episode number five of the Worship the King podcast series. Today I want to take a few minutes to address and respond to one of the probably most frequently asked questions that we get about our Sunday morning worship gatherings. And that is, why are we taking communion every single week? So first of all, for a little bit of context, um, this is an adjustment we made about a year or so ago. About a year or so ago, we went from doing communion about once every four to six weeks to doing it every single week. And uh, this is something that, as far as the feedback on it, it's been all across the board. So some of you have seen us do this and said, man, this is awesome. We absolutely love this. Like, this is such a special way for us to connect with God and connect with each other through taking taking communion at the Lord's table. Um, so it's awesome. Hope we'll always do it every single week. On the other hand, we've had some people uh, say this has been a big adjustment for them, and it's felt maybe a little bit strange or a little bit awkward or, or uncomfortable. So it's been all across the board. So you know whether you're one of those that's you know, absolutely loved it or, or really struggled with it or somewhere in the middle there, just know that it's kind of hit lots of different people in a lot of different ways. Um, and so that's something to be aware of as we grow together as a, as a church family. Um, so, But let me give you a few reasons why we have, as a church family and as an elder team, decided to go in this direction. I want to give you three reasons for taking communion every single week. Um, the first thing I'll say before I jump into those three reasons is that we do not believe this is the only faithful way to practice the Lord's Supper. We think this is something that faithful biblical churches can and do land in different places about regarding how often to take communion. But we believe that it's really valuable and really helpful for us as a church to do it every single week. And let me give you three reasons why. So the first reason is that it seems that this was the practice of the earliest disciples of Jesus. It seems like uh, in the early church, going back to the first century, that the early church would take communion every week. Well, let me give you a few examples of this. First, in Acts 2.42. This is describing kind of a summary statement of the things that the earliest Christians, right after Peter preached the Pentecost sermon and lots of people got saved, is talking about the way they organized themselves. In Acts 2.42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, when you read the breaking of bread, we tend to think, oh, that means sharing a meal. And the truth is it probably did mean sharing a meal, but it probably meant more than that too. It probably meant that they would get together to have a meal, but then also um, have a special time during that meal where they would they would take the, the bread and the juice to especially commemorate the Lord's Supper the way Jesus had told them to do. And so right there we see that from the very beginning, communion was a very central part of worship in the early church. Let me give another example, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. This, again, is describing, kind of in passing, some of the things that would have been very normal to the earliest Christians. Acts 20, verse 7 says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, and then it goes on to say a few things that Paul said during that particular worship gathering. And so two things that are really interesting from this verse uh, that we can see about what the early church worship service was like. First of all, it says that it was on the first day of the week. Um, it says on the first day of the week they gathered together, and the first day of the week would be Sunday. 
And the reason that they did that was almost certainly because Jesus was raised from the dead on a Sunday. And so the reason that we traditionally in the church today uh, meet on Sunday morning is because that's what the early church did. And it also says that when they gathered together on the first day of the week, they were breaking bread. And again, when you see breaking bread, think not only a meal together, but also taking communion together as well. And so there you go. Those are two examples of, or it seems that every single time the church would get together, they would be in the habit of taking communion. Again, doesn't mean that it's sinful to not do it when you get together, but it means that if we do it every week, we're following in the, in the footsteps of, of the earliest disciples of Jesus. Let me give you two more quick examples. One is from a document called the Didache, which is not included in the canon of scripture, but it is um, something that was circulated in the first century AD as kind of like a training manual um, for church members and also people in ministry. This is a quote from the Didache. It says, every Lord's day, gather yourselves together and break bread and give thanksgiving after having confessed your transgressions. And so this is a document, again, dating back to probably after Scripture had been, had been completed, um, but it was something that was used for training for those earliest Christians, and it talks about every single Lord's Day, get together, and then also break bread or have communion together. And then uh, going forward to the time of the Reformation, the formation of the, the Protestant uh, strain of Christianity, which is the one that our church family is a, is a part of, uh, this is a quote from John Calvin, who was one of the most famous uh, reformers, theologians, pastors of, of that time. This is what John Calvin says. He says, we ought always to provide that no meeting of the church is held without the word, prayer, the dispensation of the supper, and alms. We may gather from Paul that this was the order that was observed by the Corinthians, and it is certain that this was the practice many ages after. So again, here we have John Calvin, who's not speaking uh, scripture. He's not speaking inspired scripture, but he is an authoritative leader of the church that's reflecting on um, over a thousand years of church history and the practice during his time you know, of the Reformation. And he's saying that every single time they get together, he's saying that you should, you should take the Lord's Supper. So reason number one, it seems like by doing this, we're following in the footsteps of the earliest disciples of Jesus way back to the book of Acts, to um, the Didache, and also those that were a part of the Protestant Reformation. Okay, second reason for taking communion every single week. Taking communion every week allows us to keep short accounts, both with God and with each other. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that one of the things that the Bible tells us to do as we prepare our hearts to take communion in what the Bible calls a worthy manner is we examine ourselves and we ask God to show us if we have any unconfessed sin in our lives, including and especially if there's any ways that we have conflict with or we've sinned against our brothers and sisters that are part of our, our church community. And so because communion is a time where we're kind of forced to, because of the gravity of going to the table, we're kind of forced to examine ourselves and reflect, wait a minute, do I have any sin that I need to confess to God? 
oh, wait a minute, you know, did that conflict I got in with so-and-so last week, um, have, I, have we resolved that? Do I need to go and apologize to them? Do I need to go and apologize to my, my spouse or to my kids for something before I go to the, the Lord's table? And by doing this every single week, it's a constant reminder to keep short accounts and not just be confessing and doing those things you know, once a month or once a quarter or, or something like that. It's also a good reminder for us as elders, as it's our job, to make sure that if we know of somebody that's living in unrepentant sin, to challenge them to repent and to make make it right with God or make it right with others before taking communion. It's a weekly reminder to make sure that we're doing our jobs, that we're not just uh, kind of allowing people to live in open, unrepentant sin. So that's the second reason is that communion every week allows us to keep short accounts both with God and with each other. Now, the third reason is really kind of responding to an objection that we've heard. And this is probably most of the people that have struggled with this have said something like, you know, I'm struggling with taking communion every week because if we do it every week, it doesn't feel as special. It feels like it makes it less meaningful if we do it every week. You know, if you do it once a month or once a quarter, um, okay, wow, we're doing communion today, so we haven't done it in a while, so it makes it, it kind of makes it feel like it has more gravity. And you no, know, I think there's something, I think that that's, that's a fair point, but the, my response to that would be that this isn't the way that we view any other aspect of our worship service. You know, you could probably say the same thing about preaching or about singing or about prayer. You know, if we only had a sermon once a month, wouldn't wouldn't it kind of cause that one Sunday when we did have a sermon uh, to stand out and to be especially memorable? Well, you know, maybe, and you could maybe say the same thing about music or prayer, but none of us thinks that we should only do those things every month or every six weeks or every quarter. Instead, we see these aspects of corporate worship as being things that become more meaningful through repetition. That through repetition, they don't become more meaningful, they, become, they don't become less meaningful, rather, they become more meaningful. Now, I will say that, so thinking about singing or preaching, yeah, we have music every week and we have preaching every week, but it's not the exact same sermon, and it's not um, always the exact same songs, although all of the sermons and all of the songs are all focused on God, focused on Jesus, and focused on, on the Bible. And I would say our desire is that communion would be the same way. And we try to do that in a couple of different ways. One is that before we take communion each time, we try to give you a different thought or a reflection question to take with you to the table. So it's not just kind of reading from a script. It's giving you a fresh way to look at and think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then the second way is that we also, um, we try to celebrate communion in different ways. Sometimes we uh, have you gather with your family or individually um, at your own pace after the message. Other times we'll gather in small groups with the elders facilitating. And other times we might pass the plate and do it everybody at once as a, as a whole church body taking communion with somebody leading from the front. So we try to mix it up and try to emphasize different things each time to, to keep it fresh. But, but ultimately, I would say, you know, if I'm coming to church and I'm thinking, oh, okay, sing it again, or okay, yeah, we're going to read the Bible again. And I think that's something in my heart that I might need to reflect on and say, you know, God, give me a fresh perspective so that I can see again this week to be reminded of how special 
uh, this is so that it doesn't just become going through the motions. And I think a really helpful metaphor that I've heard uh, Teresa Ballinger use a lot when we talk about our philosophy of kids' ministry is thinking about our church gatherings as kind of like a family dinner, kind of like a family reunion or a family dinner. And you think about having family dinner with your family, uh, how often do you try to do it? Um, most people probably wouldn't say, especially if you have young kids, that, okay, you know, we, wanna, we don't want to have family dinner together more often than once a month. Uh, because otherwise, it, it would become a habit. It wouldn't feel special. You know, no, for most families, you try to have family dinner together as often as you can. You know, maybe if not every single day, then, you know, as, as often as, as you can throughout the week because you know that through that repetition is the way that you get closer to each other and you build those relationships. Even if it does feel very familiar, there's something about that familiarity that makes it not less meaningful, but even more meaningful. And I would say that's the way we view um, not only communion, but also our, our gathering as a church body. You know, Sunday comes around uh, every seven days, and sometimes you can think, well, wait, why do I need to go to church? I just went to church last week. Um, but it's important for us to be in the regular practice of gathering together um, so that we can continue to build those relationships. And we believe that an aspect of that is to continue regularly taking communion to every week remind ourselves of the legacy that we're a part of, to keep short accounts with God and with each other, and to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. So um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, I encourage you to keep asking questions, keep talking about it. You know, this is something that, this is a habit that we're developing together as a church. So let's continue to make this a conversation. Feel free to reach out, discuss it with your, your life group. But love you guys. Again, hope this is helpful and hope that you'll tune in next week where we'll be releasing another episode of the Worship the King podcast continuing to look at the various aspects of our Sunday morning worship gathering.